This is the Tornado Trackers Podcast. The Tornado Trackers are storm chasers Jeremy Heyman, Jeff Mangum, and me, Gabe Cox. Hey, I'm Jeremy. I'm Gabe. And I'm Jeff. And this is the Tornado Trackers Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are super stoked to talk more storms. This is a podcast about storm chasing, weather, and friendship. Mm, friends. <laughs> we are three longtime friends who also chase storms together and text each other constantly about weather and share forecasts. And if you know anybody like that in your life, this podcast is for you. So welcome. Um, we're happy to have you today. We're going to talk about a crazy storm that we chased about five years ago. One of the craziest. Uh, All timers for sure. Um, but before we get into that, how are you doing, fellas? Doing good. I'm in really admiring everyone's setup tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, especially Jeff's candle. <laughs> He's got candle lit. Listen, um, anyone in my life knows that I'm a candle fanatic, and it doesn't mean I spend a lot on candles, but my wife knows when I go to a store, I'm always coming back with a candle. Uh, I don't care how much it costs. This one tonight is orange zest and sea spray. Ooh. So, okay. Um, being, well, you really get that sea spray? Is that like that's, heavy that's on the sea Florida spray? Beach right there? Yeah, that's actually what it, what it's going for. Um, it just smells real good. My mood and my vibe is real positive right now. Mm. I can sense it. <laughs> Where does that rank on like the the scale of candles? Like one to ten, ten being, I don't know, like the volcano candle from Anthropology. Does anybody anybody out yeah. there know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do know that one. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I know that too well. It's number seven. I've already rated it, and <laughs> the top five are Christmas. And holiday season candles. They take the top five. The best. Yeah. There is a cucumber fresh um, that I love. That's number six, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah. we're at number we'll, seven tonight. We'll keep checking in uh, <laughs> on candles. So sad. Here, I love candles too. We are three sensitive men. I think that will <laughs> come across. We <laughs> like things like that. Cozy accoutrement. I think is what you what, what like you want to call them. Yeah, <laughs> accoutrement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, glad to see y'all are you're doing great. Uh, stoked to talk tornadoes today with y'all. So let's dive right into the topic at hand today. We're going to talk about the incredible May ninth, two thousand sixteen, Winniewood EF four tornado and the accompanying outbreak. Um, just Ooh. an unbelievable storm. Even if we weren't there, but we were there front front row center, and it was just a wild, wild, wild day, fellas. Like what, what just hits you right away when you hear Winniewood EF four? Man, well, if y'all remember right, that's that was the end of just a short three day chase trip for me, and it just didn't feel like a tornado day. It was, Mm-mm. it was gloomy and cold and that's not what you want when you're looking for tornadoes so i i had very low expectations but man you guys remember once we started seeing storms pop how fast things happened yeah i mean that things popped fast and and alluding to what things were like before that jeremy and i we were eager to see you because we haven't we haven't all gotten to chase together 
all that often. Like usually it's two of us together or, or one of us somewhere and the other one somewhere else. Yeah. And so this was kind of a, this was one of the first times in a while, the three of us were going to meet up and get to spend the whole day chasing together. But Jeremy and I uh, spent the late morning in Sherman, Texas. So mm-hmm. right on that Red River, uh, Oklahoma, Texas border. And we were eager. Like I, I think about storm chasing and the roller coaster of emotions that it is. And for Jeremy and I, from 10 a.m. till 1 p.m., we had gone through everything already. Uh, I think we had been uh, expecting to see 20 tornadoes and then three hours later thinking we should drive back to Austin and not make a waste of the day. Yeah. It was not only overcast, but it was foggy. It was mist and it wouldn't even rain. It was just like a mist. And so we were sitting there thinking, is this going to be a bust? Mm Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we met up with with you, Gabe and Scott, where we we decided we need to be patient with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Jeff, you remember us sitting and waiting uh, for a long time. I was definitely going to bring that up if you didn't, because it, it it was very emblematic of storm chasing, of the highs and the lows that can happen in sequence you know, very close to each other in within an hour, within 30 minutes, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs that happen as you anticipate, as you fall into pessimism and then back into optimism. And, um, that it, it's an emotion, emotional roller coaster for sure. But that morning we were just like, Oh man, you know, uh, I remember like the exact, I, I think we were in like a Best Buy parking lot or something, just, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. just, just waiting and waiting. We and were waiting. buying gear. We kept walking in to buy more gear. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell we were bored. Yeah. We were buying yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, that's so funny. Um, I think that day showed me just what a, a next level, um, sort of forecast read can do for optimism. Cause we met up with Scott and he is a, extremely talented storm chaser and yeah. forecaster and he was super optimistic he's a he's a very optimistic guy uh, and he was just like it's go time and we were like okay we'll follow uh and 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 that's storm chasing you just gotta you know put your pride aside and 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 follow the leader sometimes and it paid off big 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 time it's uh looking like a pretty good day on the upper boundary how you doing, man? Jeff. Jeff, Scott. Nice to meet you. How are you? Awesome. So the Toyota Tracker is in the basement. Yeah, man. This is awesome. It was so interesting because we're all looking at radar and satellite and trying to understand, okay, what's what's happening and where. And there was one blip on the radar near Winniewood, which which it shows that there's the beginning of a tower you know, a, a supercell trying to develop, but on the early, early stages, there was one blip. And I remember um, all of us coming together and Scott saying, that's going to explode. And I remember thinking, that's a blip, man. Yeah. And by the time we got there, it was a full-blown supercell. And we we pulled off of uh, I-35. It's a major highway that goes north and south. We got gas. And I remember pulling out of the gas station parking lot and Jeremy just looked over. I was fiddling with my gear, making sure that I had batteries and everything ready to go. And I just heard, oh, shoot, there's a tornado. (laughs) (laughs) We had just pulled out of the gas station. And sure enough, once we got past the tree line, there it was. Yeah, I remember it was dark, a dark gray multi-vortex 
tornado. I, I mean, I, I won't pulling out of that gas station. I'll never forget. Just, it just happened. And up to that point, I had never seen a tornado before that and chased a ton, waited and waited and waited and waited, had a ton of busts, had a ton of long drives home. And it just happened. And it, it was, it was unreal, really, really unreal. I think that's, that's something I would love to hear more about because that being your first tornado, I'm just curious when we're driving, I remember you saying, wow, 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 wow. Like I, that is etched into my mind. There it is, baby. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Let's go, boys. It was very dreamlike. It was absolutely surreal. I, you know, you, you get in those modes where you're like, the craziest stuff around you is happening, but you feel like completely at peace. You're just like that moment where <laughs> my body yeah. and brain were like, I guess this is happening. This is really crazy. <laughs> and it was, it was out of body for sure. I don't think I was feeling anything. I, it, I was just, I was numb. I was driving. I wanted to get y'all good shots. Uh, and the roads were perfect for this chase. Uh, yeah, the road network, that's not always a guarantee. Yeah. Um, so everything just lined up to be this, this perfect chase event. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Jeff, it was, it was surreal. It, it felt like a dream, um, the entire time. And whenever I go back to look at footage, it's, I kind of am, am teleported back yeah. to that, that same place. That, ha- that is the strongest tornado I've ever seen. Um, and really I had only seen, uh, I had that first tornado experience that I talked about in the previous episode, uh, which was at EF zero. Um, but my first uh, planes tornado was only two days before with Scott Peak mm-hmm. in Ray, Colorado. And so I was in the same mental space as you, Jeremy. I, and, and let's set the stage for people who are listening about what we were seeing. I mean, we ended up, we ended up separated from Scott. So, you know, our team's still kind of young. Jeff was the only one who had had a legitimate amount of tornado experience at this point in the car. And, you know, we were still kind of noobs at it. And so we're separated from Scott and we come up over this hill and here's this black beast of a tornado. And I remember hearing it as we're pulling up this hill and I was a little bit disoriented. I wasn't sure exactly which direction we were looking. So I I was freaking out a little bit in the back seat, kind of like, hold on guys, let's not go any further. (laughs) Listen to it. Just on the other side of this hilltop, it began shredding trees, and we saw the power lines pop, and you could hear this. And I know a lot of people call it a roar. A lot of people call it, um, it sounds like a train. To me, it sounded like a jet engine. Yeah. Um, It reminded me a lot of, I'd go to air shows with my dad, and that was a sound, um, especially later on when we got really close, but it was just... A roar is an understatement. It was like standing under a waterfall or by a jet engine. And man, it was intimidating, to say the least, to be that close to something so powerful. And it it had some interesting behavior, too, because in our footage, you can see it either kind of stop or move backwards a little bit. I mean, at that perspective, it can be tough to tell what it's doing. We were kind of like really close to it. So there are moments in the footage where we're like, okay, it's... We we're not quite sure what it what it was doing. 
Slow down, slow down, slow down. Stay right here, it's moving. A different direction. There, there's a moment in that chase. I, I'm eager to hear what y'all's thoughts are about it. It has reached its maximum speed. You could tell it was as powerful as it was going to get. And we had this perfect view, just one or 200 yards away, if that, from watching it cross over the road. And you know what I'm talking about, where you you could actually see the spin, like the speed of the spin, which may sound a little bit ridiculous to say, but you could see the motion of the tornado on the ground. What do y'all remember about that? Because that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was a moment. um, Talk about out-of-body experiences. My brain could not comprehend seeing things move at the speed that they were. So at that moment, we watched an entire tree get tossed over the road. We saw uh, either part of a roof or an entire roof fly over the road. And then the telephone pole that was on the road snap and get slammed down into the ground. And, you know, you you hear the numbers, you hear the wind speeds uh, with tornado reports, and you get the number assigned to it and EF whatever. But until you see something moving at 200 miles an hour Mm. through the air, not even on the ground, your brain will have a hard time comprehending what it's seeing because it's just so otherworldly surreal any one of those synonyms i mean you just cannot fathom what you're seeing and and then add on to that at that point we were so close the roar we were having to yell to hear each other um it was it was so loud go 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 I've been sitting here listening to you talk and trying to think of even like a metaphor or like a, <laughs> a similar sort of like yeah. experience to compare it to like uh, there just there just really isn't um in in terms of like visual visually seeing things that and I'm sure this we will talk about this time and time and time again think seeing things that to our brains are permanent right like like the 50 foot oak tree or the mm-hmm. the two story house or you know y- your brain sees that and it says oh that's a permanent fixture to the earth right and why would your brain ever think otherwise you know that would be crazy yeah. um and, and then to see them tossed in a way that you you can't even like like i'm thinking of a metaphor like throwing a football or throwing a baseball or knocking over legos or something like <laughs> it's not even it's nah. not even close to a comparison and so it's it's just so it's otherworldly it's i mean a phenomenon is like is the best way to describe it just an absolute and um, hypnotizing it's you know you see all these videos of people just standing and watching a tornado come straight at them and it's easy to see the footage and judge them for it but when you're there in person and you know we've we've seen multiple tornadoes now and it's it doesn't change it's completely hypnotizing when you see the sky and the earth moving circular at that speed like it just is yeah hypnotizing is the best word i can come up with it it, it yeah. will just lock you dead in your step and and arrest you that's a good way of putting it i think the word that 
comes to mind for me is it it humbled me. And I, I think yeah. there's not a lot of things that I think people would admit humble them because I think we all have this access to so much video or, you know, information about things. But, you know, until you're there, you don't really get a, a concept of it. There were about 10 seconds there where I remember not being able to breathe because just like you said, Gabe, I could, my mind did not have a place to put the speed in which that was happening. And then in that moment, you start thinking, wow, so this is what it would be like if a person was in there. Yeah. Um, and we later found out that tornado, uh, there was a fatality associated with it. Um, it happened, uh, not long after we got cut off by power lines and trees down over the road, um, there was a mobile home that got hit and uh, one person died in that tornado. And so uh, I, for me, that was my first tornado that I chased where there was a fatality associated with it. And that that stuck with me. That that thought haunted me for a long time after that tornado to, to know that somebody lost their life in a storm like that. Hold on. No. Their power, their power pole is falling right there. Don't go. Stay right here. It's probably going to go back across. Look at that. Look at the horizontal vortices. At one point, Jeff, you you pointed out that you could smell mm-hmm. the tornado. And I hadn't... There was so much going on. There was debris raining down on us. I had been hanging out of the car at one point to film. And I noticed pieces of metal flying over the car. Uh, so wow. I immediately got back in i didn't know that yeah yeah i'm just right overhead so there was debris everywhere and uh i visually was overwhelmed i had not tapped into my sense of smell at that point until jeff mentioned something and sure enough i mean jeff you can describe it you were the one that pointed out it it was surreal yeah it reminded me of like when someone uh would mow a lawn and you walk outside and it's fresh grass but it wasn't just the grass, it was the trees, it was the, it was the bark, it was everything spinning in the air, and you could, but you could smell the trees, and it, you don't even have to have experience with tree smelling <laughs> to know <laughs> what you're smelling. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah. it just became so obvious that everything we were visually seeing, all these trees being flung into the air and ripped in half, and I mean, large oaks, the three of us had kind of different responsibilities. Jeremy, I remember that day you saying, I want to drive. And for me, I was like, please, I want you to drive because I just want to film with like 40 cameras and probably get all of them wrong. And then, so I'm in the passenger seat, you're driving and Gabe's in the back seat, finding every which way to film. And barking orders that weren't necessary. (laughs) I was in pure director mode. I I don't I think that's unfortunately natural. It didn't have anything to do with the documentary at all. <laughs> you are a filmmaker, bro. Yeah, mm. you know you know how and when to get a shot. Every time I watch the footage, I feel the need to text you guys an apology for <laughs> how vocal I was about what we should be doing. Turn. Go left. Go left. Right now. Go. That's Scott right up there. Go. 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 You're clear. Go just like where my mind was at, I was in awe. I mean, we all were in awe, but Jeremy's yeah. driving, so he can only be in so much awe. Like he's having to look at stop signs. I'm not paying attention to stop signs. Yeah. He's having to make sure that we're driving safe and we're, 
you know, obeying the law and we're doing a good, we're being good representatives of storm chasing. I am simply trying to capture this overall scope the best I can. But if that's all there is, there's not really a lot of direction. So we actually needed you, Gabe, to be saying, take a left. Nope. Yes. No. Yes. Go up. <laughs> now, 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 flip. now. <laughs> you know? So I, I thought that was pretty cool to, to see how our team came together with our different personalities and dynamic. I thought that was really helpful. Yeah. And, and honestly, um, we've been complimented before on our footage for how little we talk during a chase. And com- comparatively, that's true. Um, but there's a lot of vocalizing in the car, which is necessary. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that for people who watch our footage and do hear the way that we speak to each other. When you're in a situation like Winnie would, you want to over communicate what is going through your brain. There's yeah. no internal processing at that point. Like everyone needs to know what's on everyone's mind. And that's part of being situationally aware. Yeah. I think we had developed a lot, obviously, you know, just as friends developed a lot of trust. Yeah. Um, and, and that just makes things, all the better. I can't, I can't imagine chasing with people who I don't trust. Like yeah. that just sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> so we have a lot of comments on YouTube, uh, pointing out the fact that the footage is extremely shaky. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of cameras in the car. A lot of them we would consider B cameras, ones we weren't really paying attention to very much, um, because we had an A camera that was <laughs> locked onto the windshield. <laughs> We drove as far as we possibly could until the power lines didn't allow us to. And it literally was in that moment where we were turning around and I was like, okay, I'm going to push pause on the footage because we're about to turn around. And when I look at it, I noticed there's no red dot. Mm. So then I start recording and I did not have, I didn't have it in me to say that to you guys yet because I was already <laughs> dead inside. My soul had been completely wiped out. And so I took my, that camera and I held it out the window. So at least I got, I don't know, 30 seconds of footage with that camera, but it missed the entire tornado. I want to throw up right now as we have <laughs> this conversation. You know, as a, as someone from a film background, I, I typically really love going in with minimal equipment to a situation like that. But that is the one day that I am glad we all had multiple cameras going. <laughs> we had iPhones, we had DSLRs, we had GoPros. And so what we lost with that camera, we made up and pieced together with all of our other cameras, thankfully. Yeah, it really is a it really is a Murphy's law sort of situation, like camera gear. I feel like, you know, what can go wrong will go wrong. And, and you, just <laughs> multi- you just multiply, like it's anything that you have to like press record on in a moment like that. Like it's going to be the last thing you think of, you yeah. know, uh, it really is. Yeah. And it's, and, it, and that's kind of like the amazing thing about these events is like, you get one chance, you yep. get one chance. And, th- and that's it. And like... In the chaos of the moment, something's going to get forgotten. It is. Y- y'all dudes, I feel like, are more camera savvy than, than I am. Like, what what were... I mean, is there anything you can pinpoint as as learning moments from today that you... Or from Winnie Wood that you took, took away other than, you know, press record? But like, <laughs> are, are there any like lessons that you can think of that, you know, that you explicitly took away from that day? 
for me personally, I think we all are in the same place, but you're trying, you're trying to record the events and document the day so that when people are watching it, they feel like they're in the car with you. Like that's the goal. And so for me, um, when I do press record, I want a dash cam that's steady because I just want, I want something that says, okay, if you were completely calm and not doing anything else, here's the view you would have. Then I, then I always have a GoPro now that I'm making sure is on because I want the whole, like one of my favorite things about tornadoes is not just the tornado or what's, or zooming in on the ground, but watching the insanity that's going on in the clouds. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of my favorite thing about what a GoPro does. It captures what's happening on the ground, what's happening with the tornado. And then the mesocyclone just spinning above it is so breathtaking. And then that frees me up to have my phone or a different camera and I can have it shake all I want. Like I can do whatever I want with it because I know I have one or two other cameras that are steadily taking what I want. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to create uh, opportunities to, to video a storm so that whatever I'm holding in my hand, I don't feel bound by. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to be, I want to enjoy what I'm seeing because I know even if I foul up the video, what's in my hand, because I might be freaking out, there's two other cameras that are capturing different elements of it consistently. Yeah. How, how do we explain the smoothness of Jeremy with his left hand holding his iPhone and that whole footage is just not like even, butter? Not even looking at his phone. He just had it pointed in the right direction. The it's time. like butter, baby. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. That's insane, truly. Because I wasn't looking through it like the view. Like I wasn't looking at the screen at the same time, you know, I was driving. So pure, pure luck. And <laughs> I think that was the first iPhone that shot in 4K. So that's pretty yeah. rad. Yeah, that 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 we captured that too, and uh, really a sad story. Uh, <laughs> so I edited that footage and then put it up on our uh, YouTube, and years later, Apple actually came knocking and, and they reached out to me and they were like, "Hey, we love that footage. Do you have the raw of that?" And I did not have the raw of that anymore, and <sighs> it was. I, I had no, I, I didn't know what they were going to, what they wanted to use it, it for or what I think they were just impressed maybe that one of their cameras got captured it, but that was a huge, huge regret. That's my not pressing record uh, moment for sure, Yeah, which taught me a huge, huge lesson of just like, Hey, like this is precious, precious stuff. Like, yeah, don't take it for granted, store it well, archive it well, have it on a couple hard drives if you can. Yeah. Like even talking about it right now, like I'm in pain. Like <laughs> uh, I'm in pain right now because that would have been cool. Uh, like that would have been rad to to be like a featured something. Yes. Something by Apple. So yeah. yes. So many highs, so many lows from this day. <laughs> um, so that that day was there was an outbreak. I mean, we we saw five tornadoes that day. So that yep. was the first. But what I remember was. I thought a really good lesson learned for me that day. I was trying to upload footage after that. The problem was there was a half mile to a mile wide tornado that was forming about 15 miles away. I remember looking up and y'all had been working for like 20 minutes to get us to this next tornado. And I look up going, wow, is there a tornado over there? And y'all are, y'all are like, what do you think we've been doing, dummy? <laughs> like we've been trying to track this tornado. So, uh, I, I, one of my regrets of that day is actually n- not letting 
the the Woody Wood footage just set to the side and be present. And that, yeah. that's been a big, a very big lesson learned in chasing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have learned that lesson that day. It took me a little bit longer, but that's a huge thing for me too, is enjoy the moment when you're in mm-hmm. it. Like take it in because it doesn't last forever. And it's a, an extremely rare thing that you're seeing. Oh, we did talk about how Joe Exotic was was saddest. Uh, Did, have you seen that footage from the documentary? Yes, yeah, he's yes. uh, he's on his four wheeler chasing on his four wheelers. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "There's nothing you can do." <laughs> he was on the other yeah. side of I thirty five on his uh, four wheeler <laughs> with with because he was filming everything at the time. If you watch that documentary, he was recording everything, uh, and he can see the Winniewood uh, EF four from on an overpass. Uh, pretty. <laughs> Amazing. I was. I remember watching that documentary and being like, "Oh, I I was there. I was close to that thing. I was on the other side of the road, uh, chasing that tornado." That was, of you know, that was a wild documentary. But just another thing to add to it to make it even crazier. Uh, all right, fellas, thank you so much for uh, the stories today. It's incredible to relive. Again, go check out our footage online. Our YouTube page is YouTube.com/slash Tornado Trackers beautiful stuff shot by uh, Jeff and Gabe primarily. They're incredible um, videographers. Check us out on Twitter as well. We're Tornado Trackers and on Instagram. Um, and our website is tornadotrackers.org. We would love to hear stories uh, from your life, weather stories. Everyone has a weather story. Write those in a review on Apple uh, Podcasts and we'll check those out. Or you can submit them through our website, tornadotrackers.org. We'd love to read them on the air. That would be so fun. Thank you for joining us, y'all. I've been Jeremy, joined by Gabe and Jeff, and we are the Tornado Trackers, and we will catch you next time. 